News Talk 580 CFRA presents the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero. And we are ready to go. Hope you are as well. It is, uh, what, eight minutes after 7 o'clock, and the phone lines are open and ready for your phone calls. You have questions about going back to work, temporary layoffs, COVID-19. Maybe you're an employer and you're getting set to open on a limited basis and you want to know the ins and outs of dealing with your employees. From that angle, that can be answered as well. Alex is at the ready. It is a 613-521-TALK, 613-521-TALK. And you can email some questions as well. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And a handy-dandy tool for you, 24-7, absolutely free and anonymous, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is the way to go. In that regard, on the show today, we will get to a recall from a temporary layoff, five things to remember. Those are coming up and your emails, but as I mentioned, the phone lines are open and ready for your calls. This is a live call-in show, so you make up the bulk of it. So bring them on. We're ready for you. 613-521-TALK. Alex, brother, what do you got for me tonight to kick it off? Hey, Johnny. Thanks very much. Great to be back live on the air for uh, another edition of the Employment Law Show. Hope everyone's uh, staying safe and sound. It's been a few days now, uh, I guess since Friday, since the start of uh, Phase 2 here reopening uh, in in Ottawa. And uh, things seem to be going well. We're getting back to some uh, sort of new degree of uh, of normalcy and and uh, you know we're, we're continuing John to receive a ton of calls uh, lots of questions from both employers and employees wanting to know what their rights are looking for help with their workplace problems it's really a you know an interesting and, and pretty critical time for employees and employers mm-hmm. uh, John with all the businesses reopening and, and kind of getting back into again some sort of new degree or, or new normalcy uh, with business continuing uh, you know in, as best it could and and you know whether it's employees getting called back from a temporary layoff or employees that have questions about health and safety in the workplace unfortunately some employees are not getting called back to work john they're getting let go permanently from their job and getting offered severance packages really whatever the issue is regardless of the problem that you're dealing with we're speaking with so many people helping so many people with these workplace situations and that's what we're here for tonight uh, until 8 p.m. as you said John we're here to take calls answer questions let's solve those workplace problems let's talk about these issues don't adv- don't be shy take advantage while we're here uh, ready to take your call whatever the issue is whether it's a bad boss uh, whether it's COVID-19 impacting your work again health and safety issues CERB maternity leaves whatever the question Let's talk about it so that you know how things work, so that you know what rights and what options you have, again, as an employee or an employer. Uh, and as usual, John, we'll start the show off with uh, with the week that was and talk about a couple of opportunities or a couple of, uh, of matters that came across my desk this week. Uh, things that I think are important to share. Uh, first one uh, is a, a bit of a success story, I guess you can call it, John. It was uh, a gentleman that I spoke to a couple of months ago now in, uh, in early April. He was temporarily laid off from his job. Uh, he's in his, he was in his late 40s, about 10 years of service, just shy of 10 years of, uh, of service in a kind of technical skilled position. And he was temporarily laid off at the time, John. Again, this was kind of right in the middle of the uh, epidemic, uh, kind of right uh, uh, right in, at the beginning of April. And 
He never agreed to the layoff. He had no term in his contract that allowed the company to temporarily lay him off. And so he wanted to take issue with it. He didn't want to just sit on the bench and stay home. He, he wanted to try and either get a severance package or try and force the company to bring him back to work. And uh, over the course of, uh, of several weeks, and it took a little bit of back and forth uh, between myself and the company, but on his behalf, what we ended up resolving the situation for this gentleman with is that uh, he was called back to work. We got him his full back pay. So from the date of his layoff to the date that he got called back to work, which was, excuse me, this past Monday, we got him his full back pay so that nice. he, he did not lose a cent in income during that temporary layoff. And not only that, but we got the company moving forward to agree that they would need his consent to lay him off, which was really the big victory here because now they can't try and pull this on him again as an employee. The company needs his okay, needs his approval if they ever want to temporarily lay him off again. And that is a big victory for an employee because it gives him so much more security in his employment and and so much more protection in his employment and he was you know very happy with the outcome and and I'm very happy uh, for him that we basically you know we made him whole we made him we made sure that he didn't lose a penny in in income he's back in his job and he's kind of back at it so this is you know this is what the law can provide in a situation where an employee uh, has the right uh, to contest the temporary layoff, has a right to dispute that layoff. And that's in most cases, John. So again, I wanted to mention this as, you know, there are solutions here. One of the solutions is severance, but another solution when it comes to the temporary layoffs is we can get you your job back with some back pay to make sure that, you know, you, you've paid your bills and you're you're not at a loss and, and, you know, you can carry on with your life. And not only that, but you can also then guarantee that you're not going to be laid off again, at least right. not without your own approval, with your own consent. That number is 613-521-TALK. Again, 613-521-TALK. That is to call us here at the radio station uh, a little less than an hour. You have to call in, so plenty of time to ask Alex your questions. You want to call after the show if you prefer more of a uh, private conversation. No problem. one 821 5900 is the way to go. But for the next uh, 45 minutes or so, this is where you want to be. Uh, what else you got going on? Second matter, John, uh, is uh, you know what we would call a kind of str- relatively straightforward severance uh, uh, matter. So this was another gentleman that I spoke with last week. We're actually going to be assisting him with with a severance negotiation, and unfortunately, he was let go from his job of about ten years uh, in a middle management position. So he was uh, a kind of a, ma- a manager within uh, within a store. Mm-hmm. Um, and had kind of supervisors under him, but also was reporting to a general manager of a store. And so, again, middle management position in his mid-50s. And he was let go, and as a 10-year employee, his employer offered him 10 weeks of severance. Cool. And they told him, it's it's a week for every year, that's what you get, and this is what we're, what we're paying you, so off you go. And he kind of he initially thought that this was the way it works. Severance is a week per year of service, and, and that's the severance that I'm owed, so I'm going to kind of carry on on my merry way here and trying to find another job. Uh, but let me speak with an employment lawyer first just to make sure that I'm getting what I'm owed mm-hmm. here. And he was surprised to hear, and I mean, it shouldn't be surprising by this point, John. We've been speaking about this for so long over the years. But, you know, what I told him is, actually, you're looking at probably 10 to 12 months, not weeks, as a severance package. As a 10-year employee in a middle management position who's in his mid-50s, I'd say 
pretty comfortably you're going to be in about the year range of severance. And so this gentleman was actually absolutely floored to hear the difference between what he was offered and what he's actually owed. I mean, it's literally an additional, you know, eight to ten months of pay that he's probably yeah. uh, looking at as far as compensation goes. And again, it's a message that I want to get out to our listeners that do not simply accept whatever severance offer an employer gives you even though it might sound correct or they tell you it's correct it is not necessarily correct severance is based on your age position and years of service and it's going to be significant because of that so don't accept that one week per year of service speak to an employment lawyer about it you may very well be completely shocked at how much you're actually owed and with that we'll take our first break kevin i see you there on the line hang on my friend your phone call is up first after we come back from that short break and you have time as well 613-521-TALK and help at employmentlawyer.ca it's the employment law show this is news talk 580 cfra Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchaferro on News Talk 580 CFRA. Back indeed. It is uh, 720. Still lots of time for you to call in, get those questions answered. 613-521-TALK. Again, 613-521-TALK is the way. We're going to get to uh, Kevin here. Kevin, thanks so much for hanging on the line there for a, a couple minutes. How are you tonight? Uh, not too bad. Long day, but a good day. So I hear you. I hear you. What's, uh, what's on your mind? <laughs> I got a question for you. If yeah. someone gets terminated, right, are they still entitled to their pension? Good question, uh, Kevin. So uh, the way the law works when it comes to severance is, is that uh, you are owed all components of your compensation during a severance period. So, for example, if so, if someone is owed, you know, let's say six months as a severance package, you should be receiving all forms of your compensation, including your base salary, your benefits, pension entitlements, etc., any bonuses potentially, during that six-month uh, period. And again, that would include pension. Now, when that six-month period, and I'm just using six months as an example, if that six-month period, or when that six-month period comes to an end, and let's say you had a, a pension plan through your employer or through a financial institution that was contracted with your employer, well, that account still stays yours. Obviously, you're still owed. You know, you're still entitled to and and and, and uh, have access to the amounts in that uh, bank account, in that RSP account. You can then transfer that amount to, let's say, another RSP account with another financial institution, but it remains yours. It's not as if it di- disappears into thin air or goes into the company coffers okay cool just uh just a question i had i've um i've had uh, a couple of people at work lose their jobs and uh and they've asked me that question and i wasn't quite sure what the answer would be so yeah well there you go again in in, in short it's you know they, they should be matching the company the the employee's contributions to the pension plan during the severance period and then at that point it's going to be up to the employee to decide what they want to do with that account do they want to keep it at that financial institution or transition it over somewhere else and transfer it over okay great appreciate it and enjoy your show thanks kevin appreciate you uh, taking the time to call in if any of, of your uh, colleagues need some more advice you can get them to call alex by the way one 821 5900 that's the number to reach Alex and the team at the firm but here now make that phone call like Kevin might be a wise idea get some uh, get some information head down the right road 613-521-talk is the way to do that but we are bouncing over to this and recalled from a temporary layoff 
Five things to remember. Now, this is a, uh, as, as we continue on here, people come back from work, whether on CERB or not, this is going to become a very, very uh, important topic, right? Yeah, it already is, John. I mean, again, we've spoken to uh, lots of people, as I said at the top of the show, that are mm-hmm. that are being called back from a temporary layoff, and they have questions. Do they have to go back? I mean, there are health and safety questions. There are questions of, you know, people be- are being asked to sign contracts when they're coming back. There's all sorts of weird things that are happening between employers and employees mm-hmm. in in this COVID-related situation. And so I wanted to kind of set the record straight when it comes to what uh, are an employee's rights and also obligations when they're called back to work. And I listed just a few here that I wanted to chat about and are are at least the most often or or, or the most uh, uh, kind of uh, frequently asked questions that we're getting by employees that we speak to. And the first one uh, is this, you have a right to return, as you just mentioned, to a safe workplace. Yeah, so again, a question we're getting very, very often, and as you might expect, John, we're speaking to lots of people, and a lot of them are certainly uh, you know, older, more senior employees who have been with companies for a long time. Maybe they have some sort of underlying medical condition uh, or, or illness, and they're worried. They're worried that when they're called back to work, they don't know if their colleagues are maintaining social distancing. They, are, they don't know if their employers have put in place you know, adequate health and safety measures in the workplace. And so they reach out to us and they want to have a conversation about these things. And generally what we have to tell these employees is, is as follows. Listen, if your employer has done everything it possibly can do to make sure that the workplace is healthy and safe, so if it's followed all of the public health guidelines, if it's you know cleaned all of the equipment, if it's practicing social distancing in the workplace, uh, if it, you know it's it's putting in all kinds of procedures. If you're in a kind of public-facing work environment, yeah. if you're asking employees to wear masks or again asking em- employees and clients to maintain social distancing, again really doing everything that you can do as an employer within your control uh, to practice you know uh, good hygiene. Uh, then really as an employee being asked to return into that work environment, it's very, very difficult to say no. Uh, You effectively cannot say no if your employer has done all of it could and the workplace is considered safe. Uh, And if you do say no simply because you don't feel like it or because you're too scared or maybe you're anxious about the situation, then you risk potentially abandoning your job. Now, in the case of, as I, as I just mentioned, uh, you know, an employee who's potentially ill or an employee who has a, a, an underlying health concern, uh, you can be legitimately uh, and reasonably more worried about going back into the workplace, but you need in a situation like that your doctor's support. In other words, you need a note from your doctor saying, you know, hey, I know that you as the employer has done all that it can, but this employee is particularly sensitive and it's not recommended that he go back to work. And in a situation like that, again, with a doctor's note, you can stay home as an employee and continue on basically what's a medical leave of absence, even though your employer has called you back to work. And if you're let go in a situation like uh, like that, well, then that's a big problem for the employer. You can't. You're going to be definitely owed severance in a case like that, and you might also be owed damages for for discrimination on the basis of disability. So, lots of questions about health and uh, and safety. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is that you do have a right as an employee to go back to a healthy uh, and safe work environment, uh, but of course, no employer can guarantee 110 percent. Uh, you know that uh, that that everything is safe. 
we're doing the pe- best we can given the advice of our public health professionals. Right. And, and as, as long as that's done, uh, then you do have to go back unless you have a doctor's note confirming that you're on a medical leave. Recalled from a temporary layoff, the second thing you need to know is you have a right to earn the same pay, uh, same hours of work, same job, all that stuff you had before you were laid off. That's right. Very very important, uh, uh, John. So the job that you left, the terms of employment that you left when you were temporarily laid off are the same exact terms that you should be uh, returning to when you're called back. Um, and so your employer does not have the right to make any kind of significant changes to the terms of your employment. So they cannot cut your pay uh, because of COVID-19 or for any other reason. They cannot change your hours significantly uh, because of the situation. They cannot you know, make any other significant changes for that matter to the terms of your uh, employment. Otherwise, that would be considered what we call a constructive dismissal, which is basically like a termination. It's, it's basically saying, you've changed my employment so much from what I left when I was laid off, that I'm allowed to treat this as a termination and get my severance package uh, and, and move on to new employment. Um, now, having said that, uh, John, I do want to say employers are probably going to have to make some changes to some employment uh, environments uh, because of COVID-19. And it is worth noting that, listen, some degree of change, you know, a little bit of change, provided that it's reasonable, might be warranted. Again, it shouldn't be affecting your income uh, or at least affecting your income longer term. It shouldn't be affecting anything in a significant way in terms of your employment. Uh, but, but you know, sometimes a little bit of compromise, uh, a, a little bit of a, of a different arrangement, even if it's short term because of the current circumstances, might be warranted. And so, you know, employment terms aren't necessarily written in stone. There is some small degree of flexibility. But again, any really big changes to the big terms of your employment, sure. pay, hours of work, position, etc., those are untouchable. Those should be remaining the same. We'll take a, another quick break here, get right back to it, uh, talking about being recalled from a temporary layoff. Maybe this could be you in the very near future, so listen to the rest of this and the emails to follow. And in the meantime, you can call the number here, live call and show, of course, like it is on Tuesdays. It's 613-521-TALK, Employment Law Show, News Talk 580, CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero on News Talk 580 CFRA. We're back. Yeah, we're back. 613-521-TOD. That is the number to reach us here for the remainder of the show here tonight. Get your questions into Alex and uh, get some answers for sure. 613-521-TALK. Help at employmentlawyer.c is the email address. And uh, we're talking about this, being recalled from a temporary layoff, the five things you need to remember. Number three is you do not have to sign a new employment contract. In fact, be very scared of signing a new employment contract, right? Yeah, that's right, John. Be very weary of a contract. Actually, just generally speaking, whether we're talking about a return from a layoff or even just in the course of anybody's employment while they're already employed with a company, be very weary about signing a new employment contract that an employer is presenting because that that contract is only going to do one thing. It's going to further protect the employer's interests and the employer's rights. It's not going to help you out 
as an employee unless it's a promotion letter or some sort of salary increase. And even then, there could be some language in those kinds of promotion letters uh, that actually affect your severance entitlements. Uh, but specifically talking about uh, a, a temporary layoff, there is no obligation on the part of an employee to sign an updated or new employment contract when they're going back. It should be a letter from the company saying, we're recalling you back to work, we want you work, you know, Monday 9 a.m., uh, you know, and we, we look forward to seeing you there. That's it. That's all that's required. You don't need to sign anything. So if as an employee, you're presented with some sort of contract, or even if you're presented with a document that says something along the lines of, uh, you know, you've, uh, you acknowledge that you, uh, you've accepted the layoff and this is now a term of your employment, or if there's a contract on offer that speaks about termination pay or severance or anything like that, that should be a huge red flag for an employee. You don't have to sign any kind of updated contract uh, or, or, or acknowledgement letter. Uh, and if your employer is asking you to, that and, and actually pressuring you to, we've seen that before, uh, then again, that should be a red flag. And you can very politely and pre very professionally say, no, I don't feel comfortable signing this. I just want to carry on with my job like before. And that should be enough for an employer. Uh, and if you're let go for that reason, or if you're somehow punished for that reason, that is an illegal termination. You're going to be owed severance in a case like that. And you might even be owed additional compensation for the way in which you've been treated. And so if you are being pressured and being put into that kind of position, give us a call. Happy to discuss options with you and strategy with you. And uh, hopefully we can keep your job. But if they let, if a company lets you go for that reason, then we'll get you what you're owed. And, and, uh, uh, and, and that's that. So important consideration. Employers shouldn't be offering contracts when they're recalling employees back from a layoff. Even if you were to sign something like that, not knowing, not hearing this show, if you didn't get something for it, is it even legally binding, some sort of consideration? It, it most probably isn't, John, in the sense that a contract has to have what we call consideration, meaning you have to, uh, you have to be receiving something as an employee more than just your employment continuing. Uh, but listen, it doesn't have to be much. And employers who you know want to get their employees to sign these employment contracts will offer something more. They'll offer some mm -hmm. sort of, even if it's small, even if it's a fifty or a hundred dollar signing bonus, John. That'll count. That'll make that contract enforceable. Uh, or, or even you know a small raise, you know, I mean a twenty-five or a fifty-cent raise. That yeah. will be enough consideration to make that contract enforceable. And so again. If you're being presented with a contract or with some sort of updated offer letter, be very weary. Get employment law advice before you sign something like that. You can call here right now, 613-521-TALK here at the station, or if you want to carry on afterwards, have a private conversation with Alex and his team, one 855 821-5900 is the way to go. Email address help at employmentlawyer.ca. Number four of temporary layoff, things you need to remember. Your seniority does not start back at zero. What do you say about that? Yeah, another common question we're uh, we're getting, and this is, you know, this is pretty, you know, employment law one hundred and one stuff, uh, John. But it is yeah. worth noting because again, we're all we are getting questions on on the subject. When you're recalled back from a temporary layoff, 
you know, I guess part of the good news, it's obviously never good news to be temporarily laid off, but the good news is that your employment, your seniority has actually been accruing, or your years of service, let's call it, have actually been accruing even during the layoff period. So if you were laid off as a, you know, one year and three month employee, and then you're called back to work three months later, well, well you're a year and a half employee at that point in time. Those three months, even on a layoff, uh, you've continued to earn your seniority and your and your years of service, and now you're going back to work not as a one year and three month employee or as a you know as a day one employee. You're going back as a year and a half employee in that example. And, and again, that is important to consider. It's important for maybe your vacation entitlements. Uh, it's important for even severance entitlements in the event yeah. that you're let go in the future. And it's something to keep in mind, both employees and employers, uh, that you are not dealing with a new employee on a temporary layoff recall. You're dealing with an employee actually who has continued to earn and accrue their years of service or their months of service during the layoff period. It is 613-521-TALK. That is the number. We're going to bounce over to the phones, get to uh, to George, who's called in and been waiting patiently for a minute or two. Hi, George. Good evening. Yes, good evening. How are you today? Good. What's uh, what's on your mind, brother? Uh, good. Just my question is, uh, I was laid off in, in March, and I was eligible for the EI, so I applied for EI, and suddenly we switched to the CERB. CERB, yeah. And now the CERB is uh, kind of over, and I was never recalled back to work. So what would happen in this case? Was the yeah. EI was just in after, or and, and, uh, when approximately in March were you laid off, George? Would it have been right around the middle of March? Fourteen, yes. Yeah. So, so, so that does mean that your your CERB is actually ending pretty soon. And, and actually, this is an area that that uh, that we've highlighted as a bit of a problematic area, which is if the if the government doesn't extend the CERB quickly, you might be in a position where there's going to be a gap in income there, where if they haven't extended the CERB yet, but let's say your your regular employment insurance doesn't kick in, you know, you, there might be a few weeks there without pay. Now, as I'm sure we've all have heard. Uh, the Prime Minister has announced today mm -hmm, that the yeah. CERB will be extended for eight weeks. It's now a question of how quickly uh, that kicks in. Okay. So, you know, my advice, George, as difficult as it might be, is you're going to have to remain a little patient. Hopefully the government moves quickly and there's going to be either no gap or a very, very small gap in your CERB payments. Uh, having said that, George, if I could ask, how long have you been with, with, uh, with this company? Four years. Four, four years. Plus, four years plus, yes. And I'm in and, management. And so, okay, and, and do you have, uh, are they planning, do you know if they're planning to recall you back to work? Have they given you any kind of sense of Not what they're all. doing? Not at all. Yeah. So it might be worth, George, you and I having a conversation off air because the reality is, and I'd want to have a look at, you know, any employment contract that you would have signed and maybe talked a little in a little more detail. The reality is that if there is nothing in your contract or in an offer letter that you signed that allowed the company to temporarily lay you off, you may be able to do something about the layoff and either force a recall back to work or potentially, if you're interested, get some sort of severance package and move on. But you know, the longer this layoff uh, lasts, obviously the more difficult financially becomes for you. So you might want to try and force the situation sooner rather than later. So if you're interested in having that conversation, George, give me a call. I'd be happy to chat off air 
uh, you know, for however long it takes, 15, 20 minutes, half an hour, and, and try and see, you know, what are your options here? Maybe what's the best course of action for you? And, you know, if that means, you know, continuing on the layoff, so be it. If it means that you want to maybe contest it and try and push the company a little bit, then that might be the better course of action. So feel free to call us offline and uh, happy to chat about the situation. I appreciate that very much. I have the number one eight five five. I'll call you later. Good stuff, George. Nicely done. Yeah, you got it. For everyone else, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. The email address is also help at employmentlawyer.ca. There's also a good way to get in touch anytime. In fact, it's just plain old information and lots of it. It's pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, but there is contact at the top right of that. Otherwise, completely anonymous. You log off, you're gone. Nobody knows you were ever there. Right back to more of your calls, 613-521-TALK. This is the Employment Law Show, and it is on News Talk 580 CFR. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero on News Talk 580 CFRA. 748, you still got uh, some minutes here if you want to uh, call through and ask a question to be uh, be a wise move, 613-521-TALK, or you can go to help at employmentlawyer.ca. But we'll get to the final point of the five points, things to remember when being recalled from a temporary layoff, and that would be you aren't recalled to work, you are owed severance pay, you bet you are. Yeah, that's right. The final point I'll make uh, with respect to you know returning back from a temporary layoff uh, John and we are seeing lots of this again. Un- unfortunately, com- companies are having to make hard decisions, and they're not able to call all of all of their employees back to work, or even those employees that haven't been laid off. They're the ones that are being chosen uh, to get let go, and so we're seeing lots of terminations, lots of you know, permanent layoffs, as as we call them, and people being being offered severance packages. And so, uh, you know, for employees out there that have been laid off and they're not getting called back to work. Uh, you know, keep in mind that, uh, you know, your rights don't disappear into thin air. The company doesn't just get to, you know, never call you back to work and somehow get away with not paying you severance. Not at all. If your employment is terminated, whether by way of, of not being recalled back to work or by way of actually being terminated by the company, you're going to be owed severance in a case like that. And the severance isn't necessarily different because of the layoff. It's not as if because you've been laid off, you're somehow owed less than you otherwise would. No, not at all. You're going to be owed severance based on your age, your position, and how long you've been with the company. The older you are, the more senior your position within that company, and the longer you've been with them, the more severance you're going to get. It's likely that a company... John, who's having to make those tough decisions of laying off employees, of letting people go, they're likely going to be looking for a good deal when it comes to a severance package. And so so employees out there, and I don't mean this uh, in a malicious way, but you should be expecting your employers, if you are let go, you should be expecting and assuming that they're going to make you an initial low offer. And the reason why is because some people will actually accept that low offer. And they won't want to bother getting legal advice. They won't want to bother dealing with the situation altogether. They'll just sign off right on the spot and hand those papers in and off they go. 
Do not do that. Please do not do that as an employee. Make sure you get employment advice. If you don't like me for whatever reason, get employment advice from another employment lawyer. That's fine too, but make sure you get advice. It's extremely important. You could be literally leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table if you just sign off blindly on a severance package. Uh, sometimes we will have contracts to review that might impact your severance entitlements. And so again, extremely important that you get uh, legal advice in a case like that and your entitlements do not change just because you've been temporarily let off let's slide into a, a couple emails here to wrap up uh, this evening it is help at employmentlawyer.ca richard first up says i've been working for the same company for 26 years without an employment contract the owner is now passing the business to his son and he wants me to sign an employment contract which i refuse to do now they are making my job and life extremely difficult. Where do I stand? Well, it's a situation that we see often with uh, with uh, long-term employees, John. At some point, an employer, whether it's, you know, in this case, it seems like it's a, uh, a father passing the business on to a son, or even in the case where there's a purchase and sale of a company, those long-term employees at some point are going to be offered some sort of new employment contract to sign, as we were just discussing. And the problem in those situations for employees is, again, there are likely going to be some terms in that contract that negatively affect an employee's entitlements. It might be reducing their vacation or imposing a, a temporary layoff term or inserting termination language in the contract that allows the company to let them go with very little severance. It could allow them to change their job duties and their responsibilities. It could be all of those things. And usually it is all of those things when you're looking at a new employment contract. And so, number one, this gentleman, Richard, was right to refuse to sign that contract. I think that's a good first move. As an employee, listen, you want to do that professionally and respectfully, right? You don't want to throw the contract back in your boss's face, but you want to say, no, listen, I'm not comfortable signing this contract. I do want to continue my employment on, on my current terms. That is perfectly legal to do, uh, John. There is absolutely nothing wrong with with responding that way to a new contract. Now, in response to that, uh, uh, John, the employer could just let uh, this gentleman, Richard, go, uh, right? So if they really wanted to, they could say, well, if you're not signing this contract, Richard, we're going to let you go. But in a case like that, as a 26-year employee... Richard's going to be owed his full severance entitlements, yeah. which I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know his position or how old he is. Presumably, he's 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 closer to the end of his uh, his career if he's been with the company for 26 years. But you know, that might be a significant severance package. You might be looking at 20, 18, 24 months as a severance package yeah. right there as a 26 year employee. And so, you know, good on him for not signing it. Now, if he's starting, you know, if if they're starting to make his life and his job extremely difficult. That's obviously an uncomfortable situation. If that's starting to border on harassment, uh, John, and it could very well be, depending on you know the specifics of, of how they're treating him, he could potentially file a complaint. You know, I don't know the size of the company, but he could potentially file a complaint with his human resources department. Mm -hmm. He could file a complaint potentially with the Ministry of Labor, or he can even potentially claim constructive dismissal, uh, meaning a termination, because of the way in which he's being treated now it has to be pretty bad to get to that point they have to be treating him really terribly but uh you know i would want to speak to richard uh, a little bit more and say well exactly what are they doing here to make your life difficult you did nothing wrong by refusing to sign that contract so you may have some recourse 
if you're being harassed or bullied in the workplace because of this situation. And that's plain wrong. Nobody should be treated poorly simply because they refuse to sign a contract, uh, having already been employed with the company and obviously a good employee if you've been kept around for 26 years. Sammy. Sammy's up next. Says, uh, <laughs> Excuse me. says, um, I recently had a dispute with my boss about taking the day off to observe a religious holiday. I eventually got the day off, but got a warning from my boss that it won't happen again. Can I ask my employer for time off from work to observe religious holidays? Jeez, uh, I'd uh, I'd love to know who Sammy's employer is because that <laughs> they are they are opening a can of worms that that they don't want to open. John, yeah, right. uh, you cannot uh, you cannot punish. And you said he got a warning letter. Uh, John yeah. for for asking yeah. for a day off for a religious holiday. No, yeah. th- th- that is, and, and despite the fact that it sounds like Sammy actually got the day off in the end, the fact that he was warned by his employer because of it, uh, it right off the bat, John, I'm not shy to say, is discrimination on the basis yeah. of religion, uh, and that is a problem. You know, I, I would say, you know, Sammy might want to have a conversation with us off air and talk about the issue because he probably has a human rights complaint. Uh, you cannot punish an employee for asking for a day off because of a religious holiday. Again, that is discrimination under the Human Rights Code. Uh, employees do have the right to observe religious holidays. Of course, it has to be legitimate, uh, John. You can't use that as an excuse to do something else. But if it is a religious, uh, you know, a, a sincerely held religious belief and a, and a religious ceremony that you're attending, uh, you know, that is extremely problematic for an employer. Just the fact that they wrote him up or, 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 you know, gave him a warning because of it, again, in and of itself is going to be a human rights complaint. And and this employer should be put on notice uh, that what they're doing is wrong. They have to know uh, that this is discrimination and this is going to cost them potentially tens mm-hmm. of thousands of dollars if they continue in these kinds of practices. So, uh, you know, I'm glad for Sammy reaching uh, reaching out to us and, and uh you know, good lesson for employers and employees out there. You do not want to be treating your employees in this way. It's going to be hugely problematic. And not only are you, you know, discriminating against your employees, you're, you know, this is obviously a terrible work environment. And, and, Big time. and you know, hopefully it's just a, you know, I want to say honest mistake. It doesn't sound like it, but, you know, hopefully it's just a mistake and a mistake that they will learn from. Let's get to Connie quickly here. Last email of the night says, uh, guys, I was, I called in sick and was told by my employer to find a coworker to take my shift. I was unable to do so. A few days later, I was called into a meeting and fired. Did my employer have a right to fire me over this? Was I wrongfully dismissed? If I call in sick to work, am I required to find a coworker to take my shift? Yeah, interesting situation. So th- there's no legal obligation on the part of an employee, uh, John, uh, to, to be required to find a coworker to take right. your shift. It might be a policy that the company has, and and you know sometimes those kinds of policies are reasonable. But listen, in the case of an employee that who is actually sick, let's say you've got the flu or you're in bed, you've got you know some sort of health issue. Do you think you're really in you know good enough shape or form to to start reaching out to other people to try and schedule your shift? No, that should be the employer's obligation, uh, and really an employee shouldn't be punished for being unable to do so because they're sick. Uh, now, you know, if uh, this lady, if Connie was fired because uh, of this reason, 
You know what? I would say that's almost potentially discrimination on the basis of disability because she was sick and maybe she was treated differently or fired because of it. Uh, although right. you can also argue that she was fired because she couldn't find the coworker. But regardless, if the company wanted to let Connie go, uh, they obviously, you know, they probably had the option to, so long as they paid the right amount of severance. So right. certainly in a case like this, Connie is owed a reasonable severance package. That's beyond the doubt. She may be able to even leverage the situation and the bad optics of the situation, because it is bad optics, uh, mm -hmm. to try and get even something a little better than just a regular severance right. package. So again, not the right, you know, we, we've had some pretty, some pretty disturbing employers acting, uh, no you know, employers acting badly here, uh, uh, John. So again, not the right way to do it. Uh, if your employee calls in sick, you as an employer should be dealing with that and getting an employee to, to replace. It shouldn't be on the employee, especially in the case of somebody calling in sick. And we'll leave it there. You want to reach out now, one 821 5900 is the number. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And always, if you want to reach out as well, lots of information to be had, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show, News Talk 580, CFRA.